Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. We have to have a quick, just, you know, in O'Doherty dive. Um, creep of Gemma's, the week. Gemma's up to her usual creep of the week antics and uh, was um, just absolutely uh, bawling a guard out of it earlier uh, today on the keys. Similar Which to the Viker Road uh, film. So I haven't seen the Viker Road film. It sounds like she's doing out the Vico Road. Where the hell does she live? What is her 2K? Exercising her human rights to uh, go wherever the fuck she wants. I think she lives up there, lads. I think that does she. I think so. You can tell by her accent if you listen very closely. (laughs) Well, it's definitely more our neck of the woods. Mm. I hate to admit it. She's one of our own. Um, She, yeah, basically, she was filming. Um, the guard stopped her. Can you tell me the very politely? Can you tell me the purpose of the journey? Absolutely not. None of your business. So just so oppositional from the very first second, and then so it all kind of deteriorated into like one guy just standing in front of the bottom of the car. He's got her stopped on the keys and down, and uh, just looks bored, just bored by this. And then Gemma's just like lambasting this other poor. Um, Garda through the driver's window like refusing to give the Garda her name then gives her her name then blasts the guard for not knowing who she is then <laughs> just carries on just she's, she's a fucking relentlessly um, yeah she's relentlessly ridiculous. stupid is just what I was going to say there um, she's really digging in she's digging the two in. of them had their uh, her and John Waters had their little uh, orgy as well Outside the forecourts, by the looks of it, where they've obviously they've drummed up the support of about twelve people, so they've packed them in good and tight to, um, yeah, give the illusion of um, um a lot of people. Uh, so it's so insane. Like, how did this happen? I don't know why. Like, it's just mad. They both, 
Like John Waters used to be a, a thing. Yeah, like John Waters was at one time quite respected. Quite respected. Yeah. For what? He was he a journalist. He was a columnist. Hmm. You know, he was grand like. But this, this is madness. It's like Gemma looks at how everyone is feeling uh, and what's accepted and then takes a stance on the opposite side. Yeah. Just for the sake of it. We all just know a Gemma. This is not a, yeah, this is just, you know, everyone has one of those people in their friendship groups. <laughs> Everybody has Gemma's, a Gemma. No? Just I me ha- then? I don't know if I have someone as intense as Gemma. I definitely have someone who, yeah, who takes a, a, a controversial stance. Um, I am your yeah, Gemma. I think you'll you find. Devil's advocate here. Um, I think that uh, I think Gemma's problem is that she's underneath it all thinks that she's an investigative journalist. So she always has her iPhone camera out and she's accosting people uh, as they do their day to day activities. Like, did you see the Dublin airport video? No. Where she went around Dublin airport and she was like, all of these flights come in. It's business as normal here. Blah, blah, blah. And they had to Dublin airport put out this scathing tweet back to her and they were like it is not business as normal Gemma we usually have 150,000 people through today we've had like 900 or something people come through on essential flights that have been deemed necessary by the government we're obeying all the guidelines get off the premises (laughs) (laughs) yeah you are non-essential Gemma please leave my understanding of the airport is if you're not using the airport I don't know if you're allowed to just wander around it are you Right now. Well, just in general. Or just ever. Ever. I guess you are, because people can go at the arrivals and be there. I retract that statement. It's right. <laughs> yeah, you can. I used to do this story. Um, where you'd, I used to work for the Aer Lingus magazine, and part of that was going to the airport to photograph people as they... And of course, the arrivals. Arrivals. Mm. And it's find out where they were coming. feel-good feature. It was gorgeous. Always on, like, page three. A couple of little... Polaroid-esque photos and a few words from the people returning Sean Oak, back from Oz. And his mammy is up from Clonmel to give him a hug (laughs) at Dublin Airport. There'll be no more of that, lads. There'll be no more Australia for Sean Oak. (laughs) I can't. uh, I'm I'm browsing my browser, so I can't see how you guys are getting on. Can I? Would you uh, like to have a creep story? Yeah, I'm yeah. excited for your one, Sos. You've been holding on to a creep now for at least two recordings. I think I've been brewing this creep quite some time. It's time to release your creep. It's time. All right. Did you have something you wanted to say beforehand, Cass? <laughs> no. I don't. I don't know why I said that like that. I just thought you had started a sentence. Well, I wasn't trying to put you on the spot. That's funny. Cassie, for Cassandra, team. are you go- are you here to apologize to the people? <laughs> Absolutely not. I can't remember all the things I've said, but I probably meant them. <laughs> I stand by them, whatever the hell they are. That has offended anybody. Ease up. Um, no, that's actually dangerous, isn't it? Because some people are going to listen to this and think that I did say something offensive <laughs> to somebody and need to apologize for something and then are therefore refusing. I love how Good confident cut. you are. I just, would you not just presume you've offended a few people? I mean, I definitely have offended a few people, but I didn't do it with any intent. So I can't yeah, you apologize. You can't make that argument, though. 
But you can't go around and apologize for it. Like we're on the creep type. The podcast is by its very nature a little bit offensive. Fair. Fair. So I, I don't know why I opened up this bloody of, Pandora's box of a debate. Yeah, Sorry, let's you're right. terrifying. Reverse lads. Don't let them crisis. start. Don't let them start wondering when we offended them. So we teased, teased this last week. Um, I think I was saying how um, all the healthcare workers, uh, you know, were rightly being lauded at the moment, and um, we are so grateful. Sorry to everyone who's working on the front lines and in the essential services. Um, but, you know, not everyone who is a doctor is uh, a good man. Look at Leo and Harold Whoa. Shipman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I just flashed on Leo doing his doctoring earlier, wherever he was. <laughs> Did you guys see that? I need to leave Twitter. Oh. You need to go for a long walk without your phone. I need to get out there. Um, (laughs) Anyway, no, no. So 20, it's, can you believe it's 20 years since we first learned of the existence of one of the most boring men in England, Harold Shipman. (laughs) Hold on. That's been 20 years. Yeah. And I fucking vividly remember this story do you of course absolutely no i do not you don't no idea wish i was two and a half she was so young you were right to to describe she was just a little fetus but reading chat magazine but shipman wouldn't have been in chat probably if it's an anyway highbrow or an actual crime that isn't to do with satan possession and an affair and incest it's probably not made it to chat magazine although (laughs) chat magazine back in the day also wasn't as um, salacious, shall we say, as it is now. They found their niche and they developed into love death prizes or life death prizes dot com, whatever it is. I think they just are constantly trying to jump their own shark with every issue. You know, mm-hmm. they, this yeah. ever, ever escalating kind of game of, uh, you know, who can kind of, yeah, who can better the latest crazed headline. Um, anyway, okay, so Harold Shipman um, was a serial killer, but he was quite an unusual kind of serial killer, um, as we'll see. And as I said last week, he's believed to be the most prolific, if that is the word, serial killer, not only in the UK, as I erroneously claimed last week, <laughs> but also just the world. Like, yeah, apparently it's actually, um, they've, they've extended it now and he's, he's global. He's gone global with this thing. So they believe his victims are potentially greater than 250. What? Yeah. Okay. So let's go back. And also, so obviously now GPs, lovely people, I'm sure. And they're definitely doing great work at the moment. But do you ever notice the way a GP won't let you do two queries in the one visit? Yes. Oh, yeah. I like to save them up to get my 65 euros worth. Yeah. But like I had a GP who always used to clock when I was going on to the second query. And she'd get quite shirty until definitely one day I wanted to be like, what? Do you want me to just go out the door and walk back in and then like pay double when I'm leaving or what? 
Anyway. It's like all of these things could be symptoms. Like I've got a rash on my toe. I've got a lump on my head and I've got a very sore throat. That's yeah. their three symptoms of something. Have you never watched House MD? Yeah. That's <laughs> the way you sell it to them, Cassie. That's a good point, Sos. Like you Am I doing to, it wrong? You're doing it wrong by so, taking a breath and beginning a new thing. You're saying. Yeah. You're yeah. so right. You're just rolling it all totally up into unconnected. one cigar for them to Yeah, smoke. exactly. You've got, I have these unusual symptoms yeah, that I've are got, definitely connected. Exactly. Yeah. Sore throat and a hemorrhoid. So I'm thinking they are unconnected. Chronic but, anxiety and the need for the pill. Oh, yes. Yeah, I was about to say, like, how do you just throw in the old contraceptive needs, you know, without it being so definitely a secondary query? Unless your first query was related to, oh, how horny you were, maybe. Yeah. Like you, but just, she can add it you in. were just she on this insane horn and you have a sore throat. And also, do you have any Yasmin? Like the umbrella uh, anxiety, the, the, the anxiety feelings. And then look, there's a natural, let, if you, you yourself, sex cures your anxiety. Of and all, your anxiety is, is, could be the reason for all of these unconnected ailments. So many people who yeah, suffer with anxiety are screaming at the phone right now being like, Sorry. sex does not cure your anxiety. I'm just saying, if it, no, that's it's what you're, a good you one. could be selling. It's a good one to try Well, you anyway. could be like, I'm deeply anxious at the thought of becoming pregnant any given moment. Give me the treatment for the anxiety and, and yeah, a bit of contraception. I can't stop uh, clicking my fingers. If you're listening to this and you're like, I, like when I'm in agreement, I don't know why I'm doing that. I'm sorry. I'll switch yes. the thumbs up. I think we've all been de-socialized. That when we all come back together, everyone's going to have these really weird and irritating habits. It's going <laughs> to take a really long time. I'm going to need to, ca- for whoever I'm talking to, to have a mirror they hold up right beside their own <laughs> face so that I can watch myself talk to them because that's yeah, the only way yeah. I communicate with anyone <laughs> it's the only way we'll be able to hold Jen's attention yeah exactly. sorry sorry I'm distracted my own eyes are just gorgeous oh, I'm thank you, divine thank you Sophie <laughs> um anyway look basically all I'm saying is that GPs they're just they're just always trying to do the barest minimum for us all of this is obviously I, I, a mob was going to come after me with pitchforks and I deserve it. We love you, GPs. You're great. Well done. Um, but anyway, Harold Shipman was a GP who went to the other extreme and basically did far too much for his patients. So he grew up. I just think he's one of the most boring mans alive. Like if you look at him, you're just like, what? Yeah. Like most prolific serial killer in the world. Like there's nothing in him that's you know that says sexy exciting dark and dangerous no or even like wow totally outlandish scumbag either like it's just he's just like meh he's just got a meh face kind of a meh sort of look to him and uh, his name is the first clue Harold Hmm. yeah so anyway, very kind of textbook sort of English upbringing um, in Nottinghamshire, which is textbook English place name. Uh, Dad drove a lorry and his mom was a homemaker. Uh, they were devout Methodists um, and Harold played rugby. And like, I mean, there isn't a single standout fact there about his childhood. 
Yeah, he looks so generic. Just generic. That's the word. Generic. Like if you were to give a child a piece of paper and um, a pen and said, draw an oldish man, that's what they draw. <laughs> yeah. And you'd old-ish guess his name is John Smith or Harold Shipman. Definitely. Yeah. So anyway, he kind of, he did lose his mom now when he was a bit young. Um, she was, it was, it must have been hard for poor Harold. Um, my sympathy then completely cuts out now because he went on to become a, obviously, world's most prolific serial killer. But he was quite close to her mo- his mom and she died of lung cancer when he was 17. And um, actually, her death was similar to what would later become Harold's method. So mm. she was in the later stages of her disease. She had morphine administered at home by a doctor and Harold witnessed his mother's pain subside. Right. And then her death got short, an erection. shortly thereafter. Oh, I for this whole time, I just, I'd have him Googled here in my phone and I thought his name was Shitman. <laughs> Shitman. Shitman. But it's not, it's ship. Man. It's ship, like a man of the sea. But I think Shitman is perfect. Let's go with Shitman because <laughs> Defo, he's a Shitman. So now also on this, like morphine is lovely. Um, but and like, yeah, it, but it just doesn't scream like killing spree. No. Do you know, like it's just such a, I tell I, everything I say about this is going to come off as creepy as fuck, but it's so anticlimactic. To be like, I'm going to murder someone and then just, you know. I don't think so. I think it's getting to the actual core of, you know, you have like various different types of serial killers and most of the time it's sex related. Mm. This is interesting because it's not overtly sexual, not that we know of. And it's the very moment that some serial killers talk, the Iceman, you know the Iceman tapes, have you watched them? He talks about it. He talks about the moment that somebody dies and he used to look at his victims in the eyes and really watch for them dying. And that was kind of the chasing the dragon moment for a part of it for him anyway. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I suppose it's just like if I was going to go there, I feel like I'd be in for a penny, in for a pound and I'd like bloodbath. I'd be but like, maybe he get a chainsaw and, oh, why don't he you see what this does? Or, do you know? Yeah, like, but then you'd get like one good murder and you'd be out like, because you're going to leave so much of yourself on the scene <laughs> if you're like fucking wrangling a chainsaw around the place. <laughs> but Shipman, he did it slowly and quietly. And what, you're telling me he killed hundreds of people? Yes, hundreds. Sounds like he did it. Or, sounds like he did a good job. Potentially hundreds. Look, I just think that he went for quantity over quality is all I'm saying. Yeah, but maybe that was his kick, his fetish. I think he probably did come in his pants when he administered people's death injections, which is what he went on to do. But first, before he did that, he got married and had four kids. And he had this like, like just insanely normal seeming life. So he married Primrose May Oxtoby. In the 60s when he was 20 and they had four kids and he went on, he studied medicine, obviously, uh, set up his own GP practice in the 80s. Um, like, you, it's just the most terminally boring kind of 
average average very mundane yeah do we have any sense of a moment did he ever sorry this is way down the line you would keep talking stuff well i was just it made me think of like i had a gp once years ago who had loads and loads and loads of his of his family photos all up around his gp office because the other way gp offices can be kind of homey and sometimes they'd be in like the basement or the garage of somebody yeah 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 and I was always obsessed with all these family photos because they were just like too perfect and too normal looking. Like nobody was ugly in the family. Everyone was just attractive enough. They had loads of family holidays, just having like nice times on the beach. Okay, I might be just... Projecting. I mean, I might be projecting, yeah. Also maybe just showing up slightly. Like not that my family... Like, they're not ugly and we have <laughs> nice a- times too. But like the family photos, just, they just didn't look that perfect. These people just looked healthy. Too healthy. And <laughs> Well, hold on. These were his, he was a doctor. He was like, look he at my family. I'm so keeping them alive, keeping healthy. them well. That's true. But look he was on. just like, you know, they were kind of reasonably tanned. And they, do you know the way when you take Irish people to like a Euro camps in France? And we're just, we just look like a, I don't know, a bowl of potatoes amidst all mm. the very attractive French people his family looked like they belonged in these places I think that's what I'm trying to say and I think I've gone off off topic but basically so, this is what I started really picturing with Harold Shipman and uh, Primrose and their four kids I just was picturing this kind of level of normality that like is all it's actually tipped way over into abnormal gotcha but anyway um <laughs> Harold was totally abnormal underneath all of this facade. He did have a bit of a brush with the law uh, when he was younger because he, despite seeming like a completely like upstanding member of the community, and I suppose if anyone ever seems like that, it's an obvious red flag. Like the super helpful, super, super nice people, like they're compensating for something, you know? Definitely. Mm -hmm. Overkill. Too much, too much. Yeah, like what? Just relax unless you're hiding something anyway he was hiding something so he had a kind of developed a a drug problem during the course of his studies oh interesting yeah yeah and he did get um in in trouble with the law for forging prescriptions and what was he he then used for himself so he was forging patient prescriptions and then getting like i mean probably morphine and the like for himself Anyway, so he, yeah. yeah. Well, I was just going to say, so he he was an addict, and but this did this come out after? No, it, though that wasn't widely known in the community. Gotcha. But the, his family and stuff knew it. But also, like he got over that, got through it, and um, anyway, that was the bloody least of his problems because he was already, um, by that point, killing patients. So wow, Free what, what patients. age was he? So he was like in his 30s, they believe, when he kind of started. So they think that he started in the early 70s and finished in the late 90s, 1998. So 27 years of killing an estimated 250 people. What? Yes. So how it all kind of came out was that a funeral home uh, raised concerns 
to the coroner of like the district where they were living in Manchester. So the funeral home had just noticed that they were getting a lot of work from Dr. Shipman. And there was a high death rate among his patients. In particular, um, there was a lot of requests for cremations for elderly women. Um, that huh. he would need countersigned by the uh, the funeral home. So he, would that not have been a family's decision? The cremation. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but I think it's just a kind of it's bureauc bit of bureaucracy that the the guy the GP who's called to kind of. I suppose he was taking care of them in their quote unquote last weeks. Yeah. Perhaps. All I know is anyway that the the funeral home could see that his signature was on all these cremation forms. That's a fucking mad Do you know, so the family in. was probably bringing yeah. the form in. And he yeah. was going, God, is that doctor again? Oh, it's Shipman again. Oh, that's, that is fascinating, isn't it? Because how, well, I guess, like, let's say you're a funeral home. Where were they? Were they in the big city? Because the funeral home is the only kind of centralized thing that yeah. all of these people will be funneled through. Well, that's it. You're area. going to a local GP and you're yeah. using the local funeral home. Totally. Uh, but that is interesting. So how... But say what, even like a GP's patients wouldn't necessarily know other patients of their GP. No. Do you know the way? All. So it's yeah. only the funeral home that could have really noticed this. So tell us again, how? When, at what stage did the funeral home... In 1998. And how so, long had Shipman been practicing in that in that area? In that specific area in Manchester? I don't know. I wonder how many, basically, what was the count that tipped it over into suspicious stuff from oh, the funeral like home's perspective? Low, actually low. Sorry, I did read an interview with the coroner, the coroner that the uh, funeral home had contacted. And I think it was not, I mean, I think it was like around 10 or 20. How interesting. Like and low do you think the- compared with his overall number. I wonder as well how whether funeral homes would they ever have met Harold? Like, do you think there was any kind of suggestion that they were suspicious of him yeah. having met him? But you I, wouldn't. That wasn't suggested so anywhere that I was dull. reading. So dull. Like, if you met him, there is no way you'd be like murderer. No, you're no. right. That would probably lean in his favor. No. Yeah. Plus, you wouldn't be like. I mean. Yeah, you wouldn't be like murderer either, I think, initially. I think you might be like, oh, like GP with misconduct or whatever. Misconduct, or is he becoming compromised himself? Is he developing dementia? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that when they started to sniff around, it was like the death rate was that of unusual, but like, I don't think you'd immediately take it to serial murderer. murderer would you i mean you might possibly be like there's something up with this Malpractice. guy Mal- well that or maybe he is not fit anymore to work as a doctor maybe he's sick hmm. do you know that kind of way of course something so anyway, something is something is awry sniffing around they alerted the authorities and the police um were unable to find sufficient evidence to bring charges um Though later they did think that the police had kind of assigned inexperienced officers to the case. Again, probably because nobody wanted to fucking talk to that bore shipment. <clears throat> they were like, oh, send those lads. This guy is just generic, John. Anyway, they abandoned the um, arrest in April of 1998. And he managed to kill three more people <gasps> before he was eventually arrested. 
So imagine three people. In what space of time? So he was arrested um, in September. April, So it was May, June, July. Yeah, yeah. Three more people. And his victims were specific. Help himself. So they were... Yeah. I mean, they think that he probably evaded detection because it was also random and weird and unlikely. Like, so there seemed to be no motive whatsoever for his murders. The the victims, as you say, were largely older women, but described as mostly being in good health. Like, oh, really? I didn't know that. No sense Ah. of like, oh, like he was expediating you know, a painful death of somebody in the late stages of a disease. No, gotcha. like they were generally thought to be in good health. There was even a 41-year-old man. And much la- uh, later it came out there was a suspected child. Oh, so how would he actually do it? Like Get if you had... Oh, actually Well, how was he it. killing? Yeah, I mean, like a, a, he was an ordinary a, person wouldn't necessarily need an injection of anything. Yeah. I'm sure he would die immediately having had the injection, the overdose of morphine. It's not a slow release death. True. Except, I suppose, maybe he'd often be alone with the victims. And I the, mean, that must have rang a few bells. It wasn't ringing enough bells fast enough, though. I think we can agree. <laughs> he was, um, yeah. They, uh, so his last victim was what obviously scuppered him. Um, he made a fateful blunder that was to put an end to three decades of senseless murdering. So he got greedy and he got obvious. It's like very happens, obvious. They get slippy at the end. Very, very sloppy. It was like an episode of Murder, She Wrote. It was so bad. Bad writing if somebody had written this. So his last victim was a woman called Kathleen Grundy and she was found dead at her home and he was the last person to see her alive. He signed her death certificate and recorded old age as the cause of death. And her daughter, excuse me, was a lawyer. Um, her name was Angela Woodruff. And she became concerned when the family solicitor informed her that a will had been made, apparently by her mother, though there were doubts about its authenticity. And mm-hmm. the will effectively cut out Angela and all her uh, siblings and totally randomly left £386,000 to shipment. Bonkers. And uh, obvious. Like, oh, so obvious. So obvious. And <laughs> then, um, sorry, oh God, I keep losing my face. They went to the police and they had their mother's body exhumed and examined. And there was traces of diamorphine, which is essentially kind of heroin, used for pain control in terminal cancer patients sometimes. And um, Shipman claimed that she was an addict. And um, he showed them comments he had written to to the effect that she was an addict in his um, in his records. But then on examination of his computer, they could date the comments and it showed that they were written after her, his de- her death. Oh, for God's sake. So he'd gone in and tried to retrospectively add comments to her mm. patient files. So he was arrested in September and that's when they found um, that he owned the exact type of typewriter that the forged <gasps> will had been made on. A very murder she wrote type detail. Very. Very. <laughs> 
and the daughter's name is Angela. Huh. <gasps> well, Angela Lansbury. I know the character was Jessica, but like, we know. Anyway, um, then, right, the police were like, well, this is all very fucked up. And they randomly selected 15 specimen cases of shipments to investigate, <sighs> to see if this was a repeated behavior. And they found a pattern of him giving lethal doses of diamorphine, signing the patient's death certificates, and then falsifying, me- red me- bleh, falsifying medical records afterwards to indicate that they had been in poor health when they hadn't been. <gasps> so um, he was just a fucking sick bastard who loved killing people and also really enjoyed paperwork. <laughs> exactly. Um, so hang on. So, so uh, he wasn't there when some of them died. Or was no, he there when they all died? No, I don't think he was necessarily there all, all every time. So he was prescri- prescribing them pills. No, no, he wasn't in, in administering the injections. Okay, yes, he's Scarper. Like, I mean, in that the case of Kathleen Grundy, he was the last person to see her alive. Yes, I don't think that was absolutely always the case. But okay, so he visited her home. Yeah, gotcha. And so then, um, so there's two theories. Um, going for why he decided after 250 odd people to get into kind of the swindling side of murder Mm. because he had never done that before and so he um one theory is that he wanted to be caught because he was like oh my god over 200 people have died harold jesus this will never end and so he kind of just did the most like obvious thing ham-fisted job of covering his tracks ever um oh, an anticlimactic murderer <laughs> well the other theory is that he just wanted to retire at 55 <laughs> <laughs> and leave the uk and i can so picture him cropping up on homes abroad know, i was about to say you know a year Cash of us or you know Homes, yeah, whatever, whatever that sun. show a is. A sun. place in the a place sun. A place in the sun. And, and you watching the episode with him and Primrose and being like, oh, real duds on this episode. You know? Like you wouldn't even watch his episode of A Place in the Sun. It's He's just, that bad. So, okay. So in the I'm end, they charged a, yeah. him with the murders of Marie West, Irene Turner, Lizzie Adams, Jean Lilly, Ivy Lomas, Muriel Grimshaw, Mary Quinn, Kathleen Wagstaff, Bianca Promfit, Nora Nuttall, Pamela Hillier, Maureen Ward, Winifred Mellor, Joan Melia, and Kathleen Grundy. All How between, many was that? Uh, so that is, should have counted, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, and they all died by the same method of lethal injection, all between 95 and 1998. So 15 kills in just like three years there. And that's just Absolutely. his last three years. So he got well, 15 life sentences for that. But he you know was finished. What? what was the reaction from his family and his, I'm sure he had a couple of mates, just one yeah, or two. A couple of mates. Oh my God. Imagine all the other GPs just like, yeah. What? Harold. Christ, Harold. Harold. The same Harold we went to whatever with. Yeah. I, yeah. I'd say it was absolutely. Oh imagine, my God. Imagine, I say, imagine you were his wife. I'd say they fucking ate it up because 
I mean, we're all sick fucks. We all would eat it up if someone we knew, it turned out, had killed 250 people. Anyway, Yeah, but you'd be he, so shit that, like, he, nobody even remembers him now. I've never, like... <laughs> I can't believe you've never heard of him. Because he's so still alive, boring. What is he? there to remember? What is there to remember? Oh, but don't you think it's kind of the boringness is almost the fascination? Anyway, Absolutely. listen, I'll just tell you the last bit because it does concern Primrose. So he always um, maintained his innocence and oh, he disputed every bit of scientific evidence they brought against him and he never, ever made any public statement. Just absolutely closed mouth, closed mouth oh. about it. And Primrose, poor Primrose, like stood by him steadfastly even after the police uncovered £10,000 worth of jewellery in the garage. From his victims. Yes. Holy fucking shit. Yes. So he was slipping off so the ring. So he actually took trophies and stuff. Oh. So after, so Shipman died in prison. He actually died like um, four years after he was imprisoned. Um, and he died by suicide. And um, he... Um, he, sorry, reportedly told his probation officer that he was considering suicide to assure his wife's financial security after he was stripped of his NHS pension, which he was actually still, still. going to get. Oh, God. Yeah. So Primrose oh. Shipman received a full NHS pension, which... She wouldn't have got had Shipman lived past 60. How interesting. Let's I guess, all look, just she didn't kill stop anyone for a minute. I know, and but like, it's Primrose bunkers. didn't kill a single person. Yeah, but like he was, yeah, but the, the pension only passed to her because he, he wasn't getting it because he was dead. He would have got least, it if he had lived to 60. Oh, God. Good shade. Well, I mean, that was, that was a single act of of generosity mm. but that's it, that's a very flawed pension system now I, I know say. I'm like reading it and going like surely not but I think that is it I'd say it's fairly rare all the same um, it's just definitely that the I'd say the old NHS pensions office is just really under it in terms of paperwork again they needed shipment to be doing their paperwork yeah. they probably like tried the to digit, go digital you know, or something recently and they're like there's some poor fuck just working through them all and like even he's like Harold Shipman yeah that seems nothing off there anyway yeah. just put it in the accept pile anyway so after he died right do you remember all the jewellery yeah. Primrose asked for it back excuse me I mean Jesus Primrose why the victim's jewellery yeah and police had written to the families of the victims asking them to identify the jury. And one piece was returned to a murdered patient's family after they were able to provide a photograph as proof of proof of ownership. Oh, Otherwise, authorities returned 66 pieces to Primrose. What the fuck is that about? And she, they auctioned off another 33 pieces that she confirmed were not hers. So what she, do you mean they who auctioned that off? The police did. Yeah, yeah. They put okay. they put the proceeds of that into a victim support charity. But like, she was like, I don't want those. You can keep that those bits. Yeah, she's like, oh no, not I don't recognize those. Primrose, 
listen to yourself. They were found in your garage. Your husband's been hoarding them. I think it's time to accept that he was guilty. That is the kind of the most fucked up part of the story. Isn't it? it? In her mind, do you think she had convinced herself that Harold had been hoarding them for her? Uh, And that they had nothing to do with any victims. It was just that he was visiting antique shops and these were gifts he would have leaked out to her over the years. (laughs) I mean... Maybe. Well, I'd say like that suggests that they might have been boxed up and perhaps in bags. (laughs) I'd say these were like, I'd say this was just a freaky drawer full of dead women's jewelry. This was knickers. Oh. So that is the story of Harold Shipman. I'm sorry, I do feel like there is nothing redeeming about it. Um, Well, I mean, that's fine. He's just so fucking hateable. He's hateable. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing likable about that man. He's not even his creative ways. I know. Everything. Actually, I really if you were to why write I've it, done this to us. It's, you'd have to create some sort of film. It'd be so boring. <laughs> the Mundane Murderers <laughs> yeah. by Harold Shipman. Yeah, I know. Exactly. I mean, I think that must be why he's so overlooked because he's just, he's so fucking, even in death and even his crimes, just also withholding. Like, fuck you, Harold. You didn't even give us anything to work with here. I know. So Boring. Boring. That's why he's been forgotten. But 250 fucking people. Like, I, I know. Remember. It's a lot of fucking people. But can you imagine, like, having that second name? Those kids don't need to change their second name because no one fucking no. remembers what their dad did. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's a good thing. One of them Imagine the poor kids being like, no, mom, come on. Now, think about it. Like, where did this jewellery come from? <laughs> Why do some of the families have photographs of their loved ones wearing the jewellery? <sighs> oh. It's a coincidence. But also, just imagine the, like, I don't know, Harold, it's Tuesday, you know, it's going to treat about seven people who are in with a cold. Like, that's, let's face it. Write a few prescriptions for Yasmin and uh, then, you know, oh, I'll just kill Mrs. Grundy on the way home as well, I suppose. <laughs> like, oh, I maybe it was, in fact, was it just to spice up the life of a, of a I wonder, was there regional PGP? Was there anything that connected them? Yeah, was there any like weird, small, like were they rude, were they late? Was there something that Same GP. triggered him? Or was it just that he picked people entirely at random? Was there yeah, any, any any bit of interest to this? We'll never no. know, Cassie. We'll never know. Because also, everyone's... Just how mad to go to bed? Like, how... Like, more, murder must have become, like, so normalized for him. Tell yeah. me. that kind of way? Like, how mad to go to bed on a Wednesday and be like, I killed someone today. Yeah, I'm trying to think of something I've and done just, 250 times. Yeah. That would be the equivalent. A podcast? Podcast? Podcast, yeah. <laughs> so, episodes of The Creeped. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, that was marvellous. Thank you, Sophie. Thank Cassie, you. do you have something this week? Um, I have something I can get into. Please you, give you, us, because I just feel like, what have I done there? I have a death-related... I uh, What length have you are you looking at, Cass? Maybe like 10, 15 minutes, 10 minutes. Yeah, give it to us. Um, so I have been 
and you know chime in here this is an interesting discussion i have been researching a story for rogue about people who become addicted to online worlds virtual realities and the likes Mm. because of the idea that the way you feel when you're living in an augmented reality or a virtual reality is relative to how people feel in the real world like if you find happiness in there yeah Mm. you can find happiness you can find love and if that fulfills you in that way then what's the harm yeah but sometimes those real those virtual reality feelings have real world consequences and i started researching for the creep dive then crimes that have originated in a, a virtual Epic. space and have transpired into the real world this and is just so fun that's a really fun topic because i think it's, it's like when so you have an avatar you, you're involved in. remember what was the first big one half-life this life second life something? Second, second life, life. i remember and, uh, the hysteria about second life do you remember yeah. that yeah, I was on it. But like, were people, you? All the pundits yeah. were like, this is going to destroy humans. Totally. People <laughs> destroy were. Humanity. And it's destroyed some humans. I guess. Has could it? you have said it was sort of the beginning of a totally like a, a, an emer- like a game with no. Was The Sims probably going around the same time? With no real. Wo- purpose it was just you wandering around the land like forming actual relationships with you know real that's people that's it it's mm-hmm. real characters yeah it's it, it and it is real like they're real friendships i mean the the bond you feel is going to be akin to that that you feel from a real friendship i'm sure you're confiding in people in the same way actually in a piece Better. i wrote before about catfishing there's this theory of um inhibition that happens online and that you bond with people faster sure. in the virtual world than in the real world because Lots. you can behave in different ways you can behave it's, without social norms look at love is blind that's it and <gasps> or what's uh, no sorry is that love is blind yeah where they got married in five minutes yeah yeah yeah, yeah, they yeah, had yeah. an emotional connection <laughs> um right so anyway first crime that has occurred in the virtual reality world and then with real world consequences was a game theft um so a shanghai gamer it's gonna be tough now but bear with bear with <laughs> ki chang wai killed Good. player zu kayun when he discovered he had sold a dragon saber that had been loaned what? so mr chang wai the first the murderer had uh created this powerful virtual weapon uh, for for playing it in a game so a not legends, a real thing so it was a it was a thing called a game called legends of Mur, and this happened so in i watched a documentary a couple of years ago about um people who set up businesses in second life mm. selling whatever little bits and bobs the other characters need in second life and we're making a fucking killing and had very low overheads. It's genius. <laughs> sure, Cassie, people a... were making trousers. I mean, I say making. I guess they were making them just from a coding. But they're coding them. Yeah. yeah. A tra- you could buy a pair. Of, do you remember? You be in like a designer store. I was store. never on Second Life. And I then never got it. actual brands kind came of in and came in. It. And, you know, you could go to a Gucci store. And it was fucking madness. <laughs> and you could, you could potentially buy... Yeah, but of course there were knockoff Gucci store next door, and there's nothing Gucci could have done about that. 
Jeez. you know, because they actually weren't selling. I guess they could have done some. I don't know, but anyway, that was that. There was magic going on. Um. So Mr. Changwei had had this powerful virtual weapon, um, and he'd only just he only just amassed it or created it or something, um, and he loaned it to this other player, Zhu Kaiun. And then Sue put the thing on eBay where it sold for £460. Like, <laughs> that is, that's no small, that's not pocket change. Like, £460 is significant. <laughs> so I guess, I just thought you were going to say this massive figure. <laughs> it's like, well, like, mean, a, like the antique throat show. Something that doesn't, when they exist. doesn't exist. It's free fucking money, yeah. But like, it's it literally... It's a thought and it's illustrated and someone has bought that for £460 to use in a game called Legends of Mirror, which is about players taking on roles of warriors, wizards and priests. Guys, a um, lot of things don't exist priest inclusion buy. is an unusual one. Yeah, I mean, that's true. A lot of things don't exist that we buy. Like podcasts technically don't exist as a thing. But like £460. It's a lot. It's a lot. For someone to just stumble upon and buy on eBay. Um, so, Mr. Kayun Zhu said that he would give, um, that he would, he would give the money to, to Mr. Changwei. But he was so angered uh, that he lost patience and he attacked him in real life. And he stabbed him with a real knife in the chest <gasps> so, and killed him. Jesus. So they lived in the same city. How did yeah. they find each other? So maybe they were maybe they were real it's friends e- but he eBay. came across i guess on ebay he found it on ebay found the listing on ebay um yeah maybe he was able to find out the guy's location from his ebay or something that yeah, is so, so funny oh my Imagine, god it's like but the, yeah. the china <laughs> daily newspaper reports that there's an increasing number of players in real life courts resolving disputes over stolen money and items that have occurred in this legends of mirror game but of course it's funny isn't it but people's whole how many hours it, like this is remember that couple maybe you're going to tell us about it didn't they one of them starve to death or it was definitely or did they starve their children there was some really depressing it was held up as this a I reason think it was we the all second thing. yes it was it, and it was like this it was through the media everyone was like look i told you now the computer games <laughs> evil i don't know that story Oh, anyway, you don't need to. Let's not go there into that story. That's too bleak. No, I won't get into it. Uh, So anyway, then there's there's another world that I learned about. uh, Too bleak. The death count on this episode is like 251 now. It's about to get get a hell of a lot worse, right? So uh, there's this also this kind of um, community, this online community in Japan, very prominent. And they are suicide pact communities oh. where people go on and they, Jesus. you know, pledge to support each other through suicide, which is obviously incredibly fucking dark. But it's a breeding ground for murderers to go in and find victims who have a great deal of apathy towards life and uh, very, very easy prey. So there's two notorious serial killers who have found their victims in that way in Japan. The first is Hiroshi Mao, and he lured his victims, um, three different victims, in 2005. So he became known as the suicide website murderer. That's he not suffered, catchy. 
they definitely no. could have come up with something better. But he suffered from a paraphilic psychosexual disorder, which basically meant that he couldn't get off unless he was strangling someone. So he lear- he went onto these um, websites. That sounds convenient, though. Yeah. No. I mean, is it? I don't well, know. it's but just like a, his I have this condition. Was, yeah, his whole defense was that like he couldn't get off and he found people that wanted to die. Where is okay. the harm? Which obviously there's a lot of harm because as we well know, uh, you know, people suicidal died. inclinations don't always last and are treatable and people can be helped. Um, but he he went on to... This one website, he found three people in 2005. One was a 14-year-old boy, 25-year-old woman, and a 21-year-old man, all of whom were members of the same uh, online suicide club. He lured his victims by suggesting they meet and end their lives together via a charcoal burner in a sealed car. But after a brief conversation, he would strangle them, jack off. uh, Did they know that he was going to jack off? No. I don't think they knew that he was going to strangle them either. No, because I think that's Because they were both planning to do, like he was luring them saying, we'll do it together. They were not signing up for this. Well, like not signing up for what he had in mind. So those killings occurred really early in 2005. He was imprisoned. He was convicted in August of the same year and he was uh, sentenced to death and he was executed two years later. So around 2007. But then in 2007, it happened again with the Zama suicide pact slayings. So this was a multiple homicide occurring in Zama, Japan, in November 2017, in which nine people, mostly young women and three, including three high school girls, were killed by a 27-year-old murderer called Takahiro Shirashashi. What? Um, oh my so God. exact same thing. He put an advertisement that out. That pronunciation is disgusting. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Shirashashi. Shirashi. Shirashi. There's a lot of S's and H's in this name and I's. It's very confusing. You're doing great. Um, so he, he put out an advertisement on these sites asking people to come to his house so that he could watch them commit suicide. And he offered to assist and step in if they needed the help. Fucking awful um but he again same thing when they when they arrived at his house he would choke them to death um so that all in all is just another notch in my campaign to turn off the internet i think it's a dangerous i think you make a compelling case with that one that's Um, pretty disturbing yeah yeah that's disturbed me somewhat because it's conflicting in that they were, they sound to be convinced that they're ready to go. They're arriving to a stranger's home with this situation. I mean, they're taking some big to risks. Take the, yeah. And, and it is, it is like, I, but I think that the, the worrisome thing is uh, congregating with people who are in the same I suppose, psychiatric state that you are in mm. and that that's being facilitated by these like suicide clubs. Anyway, that was absolutely marvellous. Also pretty depressing. Very um, depressing. Oh, thank you very much. So no, that, that rounds us out, but go on, Sophs. No, not at all. Um, I'd like to th- take a moment to thank our patrons. We just like to say it is extremely nice. It's just very a supportive and nice feeling to think that people are you know, 
genuinely they're offering up a few bob to keep us ticking over and it's we just really appreciate it and also just having a lot of crack on the thursday zooms i'm really looking forward to this thursday i've got an excellent uh oh really uh oh yeah it's a dive it's a deep dive you've got a dive yeah do you remember i told you what it is I can't remember. Did you tell me on a text message? People or taking a dive. Oh, yeah. I'm very excited about <laughs> it's yours. It's going to be good. Oh, lads. They're ripping the house apart. It's all grand. It's all I grand. Know. So listen, we'll see you next week for our usual weekly offering. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Stay Bye. creepy. Adios. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.